everybody, welcome to episode 105 of For the Love of Guns, the show that's about the people, the products, and the priorities of the gun culture. Today, I have Trey Miller, or better known as Ghost Tactical. Now, this is a person that I consider a friend, and when I say that, it really does mean something special. But before we talk to Trey, it's time to pay the bills, and this episode is brought to you by Falco Holsters. Look, Falco Holsters is an amazing company with amazing products. These are my go-to holsters. What's great about it is you can go to their website, order up a holster, do all your, your, your changes that you want to it, and you're going to get it in about 10 days. That's right, 10 days handmade holster. Go check out Falco Holsters because they can make a holster for every gun, any budget, without sacrificing quality. Now, this episode is also brought to you by Ammo Squared. Look, you need ammo. It's real simple. If you're listening to this podcast, you need ammo because you're a shooter. Whether you need a stockpile ammo or you need ammo as an investment, which is a really cool thing, go check out Ammo Squared because you can actually start banking in ammo. I mean, just think about it. Banking in ammo. Hey, got to pay for a pizza that someone bought you? Go send them a couple of bullets. Check out AMO Squared. Got a link down below. Now with the bills paid, it's time to talk to Trey. Trey, tell me about your love of guns. Yeah, my name is uh, Trey Miller. I'm with Ghost Tactical. I started it uh, six years ago, back in 2017, kind of by accident, if you will. I was kind of getting ready for an IDPA match. I don't know if it was, I was going to Texas or Oklahoma or something, but I was at the range and I was practicing, getting ready. And if you've ever kind of seen anyone practicing in a range for a competition, it's a little bit different. You know, we're not just yeah. sitting around shooting paper and all that. And there was a guy towards the end of the shooting line that was kind of like watching. He finally comes down. He was like, hey, man, like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, and I was like, oh, I know it looks weird, but you know, I'm getting ready for a match, this, that, and the other. And he goes, oh, man, I've always kind of wanted to do that. I said, yeah, you should, you know, it's. It's fun and there's very welcoming. And they're like, oh, yeah, and, you know, I've always kind of wanted to know how you get started in that. And he's like, you should do a video on that. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, you should <laughs> do a video on like, like how to get involved and all that stuff. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, you got YouTube. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't do YouTube, man. Like, I, at that time, I didn't really watch a lot of YouTube, you know? So, yeah. much less I even, ever think about making a video or anything and i was like ah it's just not me he's no man you really should and i was like okay so like literally my my first video uh it, it's it's the worst video i've ever made it's literally like myself like shooting it selfie style you know <laughs> selfie selfie style and it's terrible and it, it's it's god awful but like all of a sudden it's like a couple of days it has like a like a hundred views and if you never made a video and you get a hundred views on a video, you're just like beside yourself. You're like, what in the world? And so I'm like, what? And so I was like, okay. So like I make another one. I was like, you know, kind of, you know, part two or whatever, you know. And, and people uh, are watching it. <laughs> and people are watching this. And this like, this is so weird. Like, I don't understand this whole thing. And so Ghost Tactical was was born uh, basically out of stupid luck, really, you know. <laughs> I, I don't understand it. You know, it, it's funny. Um, 
I mean, you know, we've known each other for a few years. I mean, you're one of the very few people that I call friend. Um, and it's so funny when we get into, you know, the content creators and we talk and, and, um, you know, we used to do the Clover used to do the, the Thursday night, uh, podcasts where we all yeah. got on talking about the YouTube, nerd chat. Yeah. the nerd chat. And, um, it was so funny talking to people about how they started their channels and, you know, where they want to go. And, um, so your six year, you just had your six year anniversary. Yeah, um, like, last like week, a week or so ago, or two yeah. weeks ago, June, June the eighth. So yeah, it's been it's like yeah, a couple weeks, a yeah. week or two, yeah, a week ago. Yeah, so it, it's so funny because I have, um, you know, I have mine coming up. My my six years, my official six years is going to be coming up on uh, Mischief Night. Um, oh, yeah. That's when I started the channel. Uh, it's not when the first video went live, but it's just so funny thinking about the first videos and then like the content that we put out now, it's, it, it's just funny watching the old stuff and you're just like, it's like cringeworthy and you're like, did I really do that? And it, 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 yeah. it, it takes time. It takes time. Yeah, to you, that. you look back and, and the, the logo that was used the first few videos and the intro and, and, or lack thereof or whatever and the editing skills or lack thereof like you know all of this stuff that has just kind of gradually gotten better and better um it, it is it's it's wild um it's wild to look back and, and was like like wow i was terrible like absolutely <laughs> terrible and I mean, you know, not that any of us are phenomenal now, but you look back in six years, you learn so much on editing techniques and different camera angles and the quality of, of equipment that you're using, being more comfortable in front of a camera, um, not taking 27 takes to film a four-minute yeah. video. Now you can almost <laughs> do it in one take, you know, and it's like, oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, it's, it's funny. It's funny because like when I started my channel, uh, it was it was two years before you actually saw my face. Um, because you know, back I was doing disassembly and reassembly videos back then. Yeah. And so all you really saw was my hands. And uh I remember the first time I started doing like actually being in front of camera, and it was just so weird. I mean, I I've done professional speaking where I've sat up in front of huge audiences and talk on stage and mm -hmm. I could do that. But that camera was almost like a gun pointing at me. Um, yeah. It's, 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 it's weird. weird. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've never had a problem public speaking. I've given speeches before I I've done radio um, for sports for years and uh, all that stuff. I, I I've never had a big issue. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. Yeah. Wow. Um, I've never had an issue with any of that, but you're right. Like when you, when you, when you put that phone, that camera or whatever you're using to, to film yourself and it does turn into something different, whether, um, you forget, like you might know this little gadget or this gun or whatever yeah. frontwards or backwards. Like, you know, if I was talking about a Glock 19 or something, I know every little thing in and out of that, that gun. But as soon as you put that that phone or that camera right in front of you, you're just like, uh, 
um, yeah, <laughs> you become you stupid. stupid. Yeah, it's just like, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, this this uh, is not what I thought it was, you know. And um, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, I, I like to say it's like a Toastmasters meeting that went wrong because you're just yeah. like, um, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's really it, it's 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 fun. It is fun, but you have to get used to, I guess, flows. And everybody does have their own rhythm, and everyone um, has their own personality. But those first few, you know, maybe even longer, it might take months for your true personality to come out in, in videos because you don't want to make a mistake. You always become robotic, and yeah. um, you you want to, you know, not sound like a fool and not sound dumb and all that. So you, everything changes, and I think over time. You just kind of gradually that that natural personality, that natural sense of humor, or whatever uh, your natural talking rhythm, if you will, just kind of finally, as you get more comfortable, just kind of takes over. Yeah, because I remember, um, you know, in my first videos, it was you know my hands, and I did voiceovers afterwards, and you know I listen to those, you know, I watch those old videos, and I'm like, oh, even in the voiceover, it did not sound natural. Right. It's just like, uh, you know, it was yeah. very like Mr. Professional voice, not like me. Um, well, my wife, my wife likes to call it my my um, my professional phone voice. because <laughs> yeah. I used to work call centers and stuff. And it's like, you know, rather than talking, it's like, yes. Uh, yeah. And you're just like got this whole other persona that you're in. Well, that, that game show host voice. So yeah. Welcome, yeah. You know. Yeah. Just, you just, for him, Bob, you know. Yeah. And then, you know, now it's just, I know for me now with doing my content where I'm in front of the camera and yes, I have multiple cameras and, and stuff like that for different angles of depending on what I'm doing. Yeah. But it's, for me, it's just, I, I feel so much more comfortable talking in front of the camera than I ever did doing the voiceovers. Sure. But it took me a little bit to make that switch. Yeah, I, I guess I think a lot of it, and it's not confidence, is uh, I've been accused of a lot of things, but having a lack of confidence has never been one. I'm, I'm a very confident person. Some might call it cocky, if you will. Um, <laughs> I, I've never had a confidence problem. So I know it wasn't like being nervous. I think which, what, what it comes down to is um, – and, and I can I can't speak for anybody else, but for me, when I when I was listening to those first few, I was like, that didn't even sound like me. And it yeah. wasn't me trying to not be confident; it was me trying to make sure that I didn't make a mistake or wanted to sound, you know, confident. Well, you know, that's not how you yeah. normally talk, and it's not your natural rhythm. And you know, oh. you want to you want to talk like you normally would, like we're doing right now, you know, and. And my biggest thing was just getting used to saying, you know what? Like, you don't know. And this sounds bad. And I don't mean to sound bad, but, like, you don't know any of the people that are watching your video. At this point, I didn't know anyone on YouTube, you know. I was like, you don't yeah. know anyone out there. So literally just be yourself. And if they like it, they like it. If they don't, then this has been the shortest YouTube career in the history of <laughs> the platform. Yeah. But you know, yeah. at some point, you just gotta just say the heck with it, and and uh, just be you, and and just yeah. hope that there's someone out there that likes your personality and, and all that. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of letting go um, yeah, to get there. To. 
and and you know, I, you rem I remember the first troll comments and stuff like that, and I got all defensive, and I'm just like, who cares? You know, I eventually yeah. got to the point where it, I don't care. Um, yeah. You know, I just get mad. You, I had to answer them and one-up them, and then everything's escalating, and I'm like, then all they're doing is they're just taking my time away from my channel. To And, and that's know, what it, they want. They didn't really want you. They didn't care what your answer was. They just wanted you to waste your time and your effort on them yeah and as soon as i realized that i'm like i just don't care anymore um some of them I, I laugh at because it's like oh man when the audience gets done with you because eventually the audience will kick in yeah. and it's gonna it's gonna be ugly <laughs> yeah. it's gonna no, be I, really ugly i actually enjoy trolls um um i like to have fun with them a little bit and I like to lead them down a road that gets them in a conversation that they never intended to have. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it could be about Queen Elizabeth, just something random. And I get them talking about stuff. I'm just like, this is this is so fun, you know. Uh, but I like to get them going in a conversation that they don't want to have, but they can't help themselves either. So it, it, it gets kind of fun at times for sure. But you're yeah. right. You know, you're loyal people that are going to, you know, if you've got a couple hundred people that are always going to watch your stuff, no matter what, and they see this happening, oh, they're going to, they'll, they'll jump in, they'll take care of it. And, and, it, and that's when it gets really fun. It's just, just watch this organic thing happening right in front yeah. of you. Yeah. So now you, you're, you're filming for, are you, you're, I like to say it's chore more like choreographed because that's what you're doing is you're 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 watching your stage right, yeah. um, you know, you're, you're practicing you know I'm going to draw I'm going to shoot this and then you start doing the videos, but yeah. how did you get into firearms? I mean, how far back does that story go? Um, 1994. Um, I joined the United States Marine Corps, and I mean, yes, I, I probably shot a 22 or something. A handful of times in my life, whether it was like a summer camp or at a friend of mine's ranch or something like shooting at a can or whatever, growing up a little bit, uh, but never, never really shot a firearm ever. Joined the Marine Corps, and guess what? That's a large part of being a Marine, <laughs> and yeah, um, a whole lot. So yeah, so yeah, uh, boot camp. I. I shoot the M16A2 and uh, was like, Ooh. oh, okay. I like <laughs> That's when this. It started. <laughs> That's I mean, it was just one of those things where I was never, uh, you know, against guns or anything. I just, I grew up in suburbia Dallas, you know, and I, I played, you know, seven different sports and was chasing girls and maybe enjoying life maybe a little bit too much there's maybe a reason why i joined the marine corps um but no i i, I was doing all that stuff and and guns were just never a part of my it wasn't life. a priority yeah it just no, wasn't it, a priority. it wasn't even a part of it like you know i mean my friends and all that some of them all go hunting um you know with their parents and their dads and all that but like guns was just never a part of 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 my life and until 1994 so when you get out of the Marine Corps, um, yeah. what's what's the first gun you buy? 
Well, I tell you what, uh, the first gun I bought was right after boot camp. So we have boot camp yeah, is you're still, you're still in the Marine Corps. Okay. I'm 13 weeks of boot camp. You get 10 days off and I go to Walmart and I buy a Winchester 3030 because it was the cheapest rifle they had there. And I got it for like 130 bucks or something like that. Um, but yeah, Winchester 3030. Uh, ironically, never shot it. Oh, that's that's- not I saw I saw it that day, but I mean, like I was only yeah. home for ten days, you know, and then you go back and and all of that, and then you get out and you come home and and you do your life or you get other cool guns and um and all of that and that and that one um it's still I still have it, but I I've maybe shot ten rounds through it ever. I need to get it out, man. That's really what I should do. Yeah, it's uh well you just gotta get with Clover and you you'll you'll get the FUD gun out. I no, he is not. No, he is not. I have a better chance of turning him into a tactical uh than than he does turning me into a FUD because I won't I mean I have no desire to hunt. Um, yeah, you know, I don't it doesn't bother me. I don't I don't dislike hunting, but my days of getting up at oh dark thirty to stand in waist high water shooting at something are long gone. So yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's like for me. Uh, you know, I first started shooting when I was seven. Yeah, got my first rifle, which oddly enough was a Winchester Model ninety four thirty. Yeah, and thirty thirty. Yeah. Um, uh, first shotgun was a Remington Wingmaster, eight seventy Wingmaster, and this. Those were all for, you know, this is all before I was 12. And they were all preparing for hunting when I turned yeah. 14 to get my hunting license. And I absolutely loved getting up and, and going out with the guys and working a field and all that stuff. I was a kid. I, this was awesome. Honestly, I've only been hunting once with a yeah. license. Yeah. And I was just like, it, it's, it just wasn't for me, right? I mean, I yeah. have no problem with people doing it. It's just like, I'm like, I, I, I enjoy being with my uncles and my dad and stuff like that. It, it just, the hunting part just kind of, that, that wasn't it. Right. I got yeah. buddies of mine that they're avid deer and duck hunting. And down in Arkansas, man, we have some of the best duck hunting in the world and deers everywhere. Um, and they say, Hey man, why don't you go with this? And I was like, look, I'll go. I got no problem going. Um, hell I'll, I'll cook breakfast for you. Just when that 4.30 alarm gets up to get out and go stand in that cold water, let me sleep a little bit. I'll, I'll wake up and I'll cook breakfast. And when you guys get back, I'll have breakfast. So I just have no desire to, to stand in waist-high water in December yep. or stand or sit in a tree stand. Yep. And the problem is you got to get out there at like 4 o'clock in the morning, but like you can't do anything until the sun comes up. So you're sitting there for like two or three hours in this water. You're like, why would you do that to yourself? Like that doesn't make it a bit of sense to me. So, um, yeah, well, it's like for us, uh, I was living just outside of Philly and um, we'd go up into the Poconos to go uh, hunt on my uncle's land, which is two hours away. Yeah. So it's like we would, I mean, God, we were leaving at like midnight to go collect right. everybody to go drive up to the mountains to be in our stands or wherever we were hunting 
to wait for the sun to come up. <laughs> and it's just yeah. like that's a that's a that's a lot of time that is and it's not like you can talk while you're there either, right? I mean you're talking on the way up, but everybody's trying yep. to sleep. You know. Yep. Yeah. Nope. Yep. I, I got no desire for that. Uh but no, I mean hunting hunting was never never hunting was never a thing for me. So um, you know, I don't I don't have those going my dad or grandpa or friends you know buddies dads hunting was never a thing for me um and like i said so it it was one of those things to where um firearms were not a part of growing up it was just purely going in the marine corps and shooting and you're just like oh this is pretty cool. Now I will say the first thing is, is so the Winchester 3030 is the first gun I bought the first handgun I bought. And, and I was, I wish, uh, you know, you know that I don't particularly like revolvers. Um, yeah. Not yeah. that I, I don't like them. I just, I, I you know, I, it's I don't, it's not your thing. It's, it's not my yeah. thing. So the first handgun I ever bought was from a friend of mine. It was at um, Smith and Wesson model 10 and, you know, iconic revolver right yeah you know, one of the most popular revolvers ever i didn't know that um you know i bought it for like 150 bucks or something like that and hated it absolutely hated it um because i learned how to shoot handguns on the beretta m9 or the 92 and so when you learn how to shoot with a semi-auto the grip's much different and everything about it's just a different you know, manual of arms and everything. It's yeah. just absolutely. Everything's just completely different. And then you get this. I was like, oh, this is not what I remember. This is not good. Like, eh. yeah. So, you know, the only thing that I regret on that is, is, is selling is because I'd like to maybe one day have the first handgun I ever bought, but it's long gone and there's no telling who has it now. Um, but yeah, but that, that also, I guess, just ingrained in my head that, Okay, I I'm not a revolver guy, and I shot revolvers a lot over the years. I just they're not my thing, and I, to this day I don't own one, uh, another one. Um, I never have owned another one, and I keep saying every year I'm going to buy one, you know, just to have one. But I I never do. Um, I don't know why. I just maybe I don't know, but I just yeah. Well, it's like I have one revolver. It was the revolver that uh, we had as I had as a kid. Yeah. Um, uh, I still have that, but my first, my first handgun that I bought myself was a Glock 17. Yeah. When I was 21 years old, went out and bought a Glock 17. Um, yeah. and that was the gun that actually got me into competition shooting. Oh yeah, sure. And, and, um, yeah, when I was in FFL, I ended up, you know, you're starting a business, you're trying to make money everywhere you could. Right. And yeah, eventually I'd, I'd, hope, I'd hope so. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> I had it, I, you know, I sold, I sold that Glock 17 off for some money. Um, and man, I wish, I wish I, I wish I had that gun back. Um, mm. I guess my only, you know, my only good thought about it is, is the guy I sold it to, it, it got shipped to Texas. So I'm like, uh, okay. at least it went to a free state where it is now. This no. is true. This is true. Um, you know, hope, you know, luckily it probably didn't go to California or somewhere else yeah. that, you know, someone can't truly appreciate um, yeah. what the Glock 17 is, which is an icon- iconic gun in itself, for sure. 
yeah, I, was, I remember bringing that home, my dad going, why'd you buy that? <laughs> I'm like, right. He's like, and I was like, I, I like it. Right. And um, yeah, that was the gun that got me. I got shooting competition with it. Uh, I eventually got him to shoot competition. Then he bought one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, we would shoot, we would shoot competition together. And uh, so it was kind of nice. It kind of brought us back around to shooting because like, you know, you know, I shot when I was a kid and then, well, you turned 16 and well, things ch priorities change, right? A little bit, a little bit. And then, <laughs> uh, yeah, 21. Uh, I, well, I was still going up to the mountains to go, uh, camping and stuff. So, you yeah. know, I'd take a rifle and a pistol with me, but then, mm. um, now it was just like, now this is my gun. And then that kind of led my whole journey through adulthood. Um, Little mm -hmm. did I know that, you know, I, I would never, th never would have thought back then I'd be making videos, right? You know, oh. videos of how to disassemble one and maintain it. No way. That's, that's the thing. I think, for, yeah. you know, the competition for me, I, 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 uh, started shooting IDPA. And so I started out in the, in the CCP division, which is more like the concealed carry division. Yep. And so I was using, and when I, when I first started in that, uh, they always said, you know, use the guns you carry on a regular basis. Don't go and get a gun for competition. Use the guns you carry. And at the time I carried the, the Smith and Wesson shield every day. So I started shooting competition with the shield and you realize very quickly, um, it much, how much of a disadvantage you are, um, in, in certain areas with, the, with those guns. And you're like, okay. And so you start like noticing that everyone's shooting like Glock 19s in that division. And I was like, I asked a guy, I was like, Man, you know, like, why the 19? Yeah. He said that this division, the, the maximum size that you can have is the exact dimensions of a Glock 19. They they created. They basically created it for the 19. Yeah. For the 19. And so you can't go One any, of the most popular guns out there. Right. Yeah. And especially back then, you know. Um, and. So you're like, huh, well, if I want to even the playing field and make it truly about how good of a shooter you are and not the equipment, I'm going to start shooting in a Glock 19. Um, so, I mean, I, I love Gen 3 Glock 19 and all that. And and so I just started using the Glock 19. That's what everybody else was, was shooting. I never thought about, first starting out in competition, I never thought about trying to maximize um, yeah. you know, what you're trying to do in competition. Uh, I was just told all the time that you know, use a gun you carry. So I did. And then I realized I'm a better shooter than a lot of these guys, but they're wearing me out. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I started with the Glock. I started using the Glock 19 in competition and it's amazing how much better you do in the standings when you are using the same gun as everybody else. And at that point, it truly does come down to shooting ability, you know? Yeah. Well, it's like for me, I, I you know, I competed with that Glock 17. Um, and I have, I've been banging away on computer keyboards since I was in third grade. So, mm -hmm. and then in my profession, carpal tunnels a thing. All right. Yeah. So, you know, my wrists and my hands are just not as strong as they used to be. And um, so I started looking for ergonomics. Get it, you know, I came out of that Glock 17. Went into a, a SIG 229. Yep. Um, 
Loved loved that gun. Still still got it. It just felt great in my hand. But going from that striker fire to that double action single action, yeah. I was like, I, I would find myself burning off the first shot to get to the single action, right? Yeah, sure. And I'm like, well, that that's really stupid to compete with this. I'm like, I really wish Glock uh, or Sig would just come out with a striker fire. Then eventually the P320 came out. Yep. Um, uh, and that's, it's funny. This, the story of that thing is when I first had that gun, cause I was, I, I got it like probably like the, the, the second or third month they came out. Um, I took it to the range and I'm just like, I remember talking to my wife going, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to keep this gun. And she's like, yeah. well, what's wrong? I was like, I'm like, yeah, it's, and I tell people it's, it's like a bad first date, right? Sure. You just don't know if you want to come around for the second one. And um, you, you might like the girl, but you just, you don't know if you can stand her, right? Sure. So, and then my wife goes, you know what your problem is? I'm like, what? She goes, you're expecting that SIG to be your Glock. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. She goes, it's not your Glock. Stop, tr- stop treating it like your Glock. And I'm like, well, crap. Yeah, and, and she says that in the back of my mind, I know this, right? But sure. And then I'm like, okay, so now I got to learn a new gun. And then that just became, that became my gun. It just, yeah. it fit my hand right. It, it, um, after the, the voluntary upgrade recall, um, the, the P320, the trigger, it, it was good, but it wasn't great. And before the recall, there was, uh, when you squeeze that trigger, when you're doing your take up, there were a couple of clicks in that trigger. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like that. And then after the voluntary upgrade, um, I, I remember taking the gun out to the range and I remember doing the, uh, the take up. It was nice and smooth. And then I hit a wall. I'm like, oh, I know how this gun works now. Right. It, this is sure. exactly my Glock. Um, and that's what that's what really turned me on onto that gun at that point. Um, but it's so funny is if you give me if you give me a Glock 17. I will run the crap out of that Glock 17 and shoot it better than that P320 just because I have so many tens or hundreds of thousands of rounds through that gun. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, um, it, it's so weird when you get into competition, you start noticing different things about guns. Right. Yeah. You, know? you, you have different things that it sounds crazy, but um, different things make more sense to you in competition yeah and, and so like my, my my competition glock um you know it's got it's got ironically it has nothing to do with me or anything or like that uh but it's got a, a ghost trigger uh it's the upgraded trigger and and it's and i love that and it's it's tuned and, it, and it's you know i love it I, I i can feel everything i need to feel in that gun uh and i just i personally love especially the gen 3 i'm a gen 3 all my glocks are gen 3 yeah i like yeah, I like Gen 3. But yeah. it fits my hand great. Um, everything about it is wonderful. I don't mind the grip angle or whatever. You know, it's so funny because everybody's oh, I hate that grip angle. Man, you don't even know what that grip angle is. You hear that on the internet. You read that places. Yeah. You hear people talking about that. I so said the average person doesn't know anything about the grip angle. Uh, they wouldn't be able to tell a grip angle between a SIG and a Glock if you if their life depended upon it. Yeah. Um, they just hear that from other people and say, well, that must be a thing. I'm going to go along with the masses. Uh, the grip angle to me is fine. That's- Everything's great. I, I can shoot the hell of a Glock 19 or Glock 17 
and have zero problems with it. So I don't know. If grip angle is kind of like when people learn about high bore axis. Yeah. They have no idea what the hell that means. No. Right? Oh, that, that's not going to do good. It's got a high bore axis. You have no idea what that, that even means, let alone what it's going to do to your shooting. All I know is I can grab the Glock 19 out of that, go to the range, put a magazine in, point it. It feels good in my hand. Everything goes great, and I can put a group in there all day long. Yeah. I don't need to know anything else about that gun. I don't want to know anything else about that gun. I don't care about anything else about that gun. There is no one that will ever convince me that the Glock 19 is not a great gun. Why? Because mine's a great gun in my eyes. It feels good. It shoots good. I can trust it, and it runs any kind of ammo. I'll never have to worry about a malfunction, nothing. It's, yeah. to me, you know, it's a great gun. So, um, now, if, if, if that was a HK VP9, then I'd be sitting here talking about the HK VP9. And yeah. it has nothing to do with me being a Glock guy. Um, I appreciate the Glocks because I know what they're going to do. But I'm not like a Glock fanboy, but I can appreciate a gun going bang every time I pull a trigger and it's going to hit the target within an inch or so from where I aimed. If it doesn't, it's on me, you know? Well, I mean, you know, I talk, when I used to have customers and, and we talk, talk about guns and they're looking for guns and they're like, I'm looking, and they're talking about some big whiz bang, you know, $6,000 race gun. And I'm just like, okay, cool. And they're like, well, you shoot competition. Would you shoot? Yeah. You know, P320, stock P320. And they're like, well, why don't you do, you know, and they start going on and on and on. I'm like, because my whole my whole th thought about a gun is, is that I, I'm what I call a practical, you know, a practical pistol person. Mm. I have very, I have a few, you know, very few criteria for the gun. It's got to be reliable. Things got to go bang every time. Yeah. Right. And I got to, and it's, and I've got to be able to point it and shoot it and get reasonable accuracy out of it. Yeah. Uh, if I get those three things, I'm good. Whether it's a Glock, a Sig, whatever it is, I, I, I'm good. Like, I can appreciate a a Kimber, like the tight tolerances of, of that. If if you were to give me one, I would totally take it. Would I run it in competition? Hell no. No. Um, because I, I I've seen too many you know people go out and buy these nice guns and don't, don't get me wrong, they're they're a nice gun. But again, I've got the whole practical mindset. Guns got to go off every time, and I've seen. You know, people at Kimber's, they get halfway through a match. They're cleaning their gun because they're starting to jam from all the, the powder residue. Yep. And it's just like, I, I can appreciate that gun. It's great. You know, it's probably a great carry gun. You know, if, if for some reason you need to defend your life, you're not doing a sustained battle. I mean, it's going to be over in seconds. Yeah, sure. Um, the gun will perform during that. But yeah, but what if it gets dirty and stuff like that? I wouldn't take that gun out to the woods you know, to, to go hiking in the woods because it's going to be dirty, muddy, blah, blah, blah. Sure. But yeah, the Glock will do that every time. Every time that gun's going to go off. Um, I only had, with my 17, I only had, uh, it only jammed on me, well, it jammed on me in competition. It was a GSS. I've never had one in competition. Never had a jam, well, ever. 
it was G it was a GSSF match. So it was awesome because I had a Glock armor there, right? True. Took the gun into the armor, like this thing's jamming. And he's like doing his old thing with the gun, right? And he goes, and he replaces the recoil spring. You know, and I'm like, that was it. He goes, well, no, it was pretty much to the end of the life, but that's not your problem. I'm like, well, what's wrong with the gun? He goes, you. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, how often do you clean this gun? I'm like, well, I yeah. clean it every time I shoot it. He goes, no, stop. <laughs> Dude, yeah, you can, you're overcleaning you can, your gun. You clean, yeah, you can't. There is a such thing of cleaning it too much, you know. Yeah. And he, he's like, "Do you got your cleaning kit here?" I'm like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Let me show you how to clean the gun with whatever you're cleaning it with." Mm. And I sat down and he showed me, and I had a totally different appreciation for Glock, and I had changed my whole cleaning schedule, and that was the failure of the gun. It wasn't the gun; yeah. it was what I was doing with it. Yeah. Um, because I remember telling him, like, he's like, you know, sh clean it no sooner than this, that and he's going through the stuff. I'm like, I, I can't do that. And he's like, Yeah, I'm a Glock armor working for Glock USA, and I'm telling you you're mistreating your gun. I'm like, ooh. Okay. Yep. He's like, run them dirty, they'll run. And it was so funny now. I think about it. I got I'm looking on the other bench there. I got six guns that crap, I don't I don't think they've been cleaned in a year. Yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're running, they're running perfectly fine. Most guns do, you know. Most. Yeah. Um, I used to be, um, and understand this that, you know, in the Marine Corps, if you went to the range and you shot a hundred rounds, two hundred rounds, whatever, you were back and you were scrubbing, you know, before yeah. you turned back to the armory, you know. You were scrubbing. So I just got to the point every time you shoot a gun, you got to clean it. And that's just how I was kind of taught. Uh, obviously, an M16 is a little bit different than cleaning whatever, you know, that you're whatever. So, but I that was my mentality forever. And then, you know, you start understanding that a lot of guns, I'm not saying every gun, I'll, I will say most guns, um, they like to run a little dirty and, and that's yeah. okay. Um, you don't have to, as a matter of fact, it, sometimes you can over clean a gun. Um, so yeah, you know, I, now I, I try to run them at least 500 rounds, sometimes a thousand before cleaning, but I would say my minimum is 500 rounds before I clean a gun anymore. Well, it was so funny is, uh, you know, I think about, I think about how I used to, I, I mean, I remember as a kid, we'd go out, we'd shoot as a family. Mm. We're back at the kitchen table and all of us are scrubbing guns. Right, yeah. you got the smell of hoppies in the air. I mean, right. it, it, for me, you got, it was you got all that stuff. What we had in the Marine Corps is they gave us CLP, and so yeah. that's what we, you know, that's I remember that just CLP, the smell of CLP. So it, you know, and I think about now, and I think um, I think about the cleaning. Just the cleaning products alone have changed. Yeah, like a lot. Um, oh yeah, for sure. And, which makes it, and I'll I'll throw a free ad in here for Rod. Um, I mean, I know you know this company, you know it well. Yeah, right? very good. Mine. Right. Yeah. Um, the 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 cleaning stuff has changed now. Now it's like even with this stuff, the the newer cleaning stuff, you can run them even longer, dirtier. I mean, it just absolutely it, it it's so weird. Uh, that we you come from that mentality of we just got to scrub to yeah if I get to it 
you know well, I, th- I think a lot of it is is when when you're buying a gun um, there are some manufacturers that you know they'll run ten thousand rounds through a gun while doing their testing without cleaning just to see can it go and you start thinking about that you're like okay they just ran ten thousand rounds through that gun during their testing process and they didn't clean because they want to know can this thing run? they want to see the failure yeah and you're just like if they could run ten thousand, then why am i cleaning after 100 rounds yeah, exactly. like I said, you know, I mean, I, I was still, I still want to make sure that everything's taken care of and all of that. Yeah. So like I said, it might, it might be five hundred to a thousand rounds. Um, but I remember when I got my Walther PPQ, and I ended up running it straight from the box, which is not a necessarily a good thing because the the grease that they put in there is yeah. not necessarily a lubricant. Uh, it's just to kind of get. It's- it's a protector, yeah, yeah. But I, I want to try it, and, and I and I talked to Cody. It was when Cody was at Walther, and I said, "Look, here's an idea that I want to have." I said, "I want to run this straight from the box, and over a couple months, you know, I want to run it two thousand rounds or so without cleaning it straight out of the box." And he was like, "Go ahead." And I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "Should be fine." And he never he didn't blink. He didn't do anything. He's like. You're like, and if it if something does happen, you told me about it. I gave the blessing. We'll send you another one. He's like, but absolutely. He said, should be no problem whatsoever. And I was like, really? He goes, not even worried about it. I was like, okay. So I ended up putting 2,500 rounds in that PPQ before it, like straight out of the box, before it saw anything. And I never had an issue with that thing. And I cleaned it. And... So with that thing, I think I I I'll go about every thousand rounds, minimum with that gun because I know it can handle yeah. it. You know, uh, and yep. you just have to learn. You just have to learn your guns, and uh, some yeah. guns can can handle running running dirty. Most of them have to be run clean. So you might have to clean a gun every you know two hundred fifty three hundred rounds, but there's some guns you can run twenty five hundred rounds and. Well, it's like. You know, I'm looking mm-hmm. at a bench there. Uh, you know, I know my Beretta 92FS is going to get cleaned more times than my SIG P320X5. Yep. Uh, there's tighter tolerances to that gun than there is to the to the P320. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, there's also about a billion more parts in a Beretta than there is in, in that SIG. This is true as um, well. So, you know, I know that gun's going to get more maintenance. Now, my carry guns get maintained all the time. There's a difference between a range gun and a carry gun. So, Absolutely. you know, my, my carry guns get cleaned a lot more often. Um, they're maintained at a different mm. maintenance schedule. Um, but yeah, if I'm at a range, you know, it, if for some reason the gun acts up, then I'm like, okay, it's time to clean. You know, I'll just yeah. quick wipe it down at the range, put it back together. And I know that I'm going to do a deep cleaning that night. That's right. Yeah. I mean, like I said, you just have to get to know your guns. And the only way that you're going to get to know your guns is by shooting them. Yeah. Run. Just run them. They'll tell, they'll tell you what they yeah. want to be run. It's it's like it's like a horse. Horses want to run. Just let yeah. them run. And and they'll tell you when they're tired. You know, the gun will tell you when it's tired, when it needs to be cleaned or whatever. But just let them run. Yeah. That's that that's the you see, you need a new t shirt. Let them run. Let them run. I mean, 
You know, I, I, I need to tell my buddy Kyle over Anderson, you know, that their logo is a horse. He just let them run. Yeah, let them run. And I'll only take 10% of everything you make off that. Because <laughs> you're a friend of mine, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're getting you're getting the friends and family discount. That's right. <laughs> but for you guys, I'll give you, I'll only take 10% of everything you guys sell. I'd be all right yeah. at that. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Um, yeah, totally. But yeah, it's just, um, I, I just love, yeah. If for me, I, you know, I don't know about you, but I, I, I know for me that when I go, you know, when I go shooting, it's kind of like my Zen, right? I'm kind of in the moment. It's like the essence of, of shooting. And so uh, it's a little different when I got cameras on filming for a product, mm-hmm. uh, cause I'm thinking a little more, but it's just fun. When I get to that firing line, it's kind of like, me, the gun, the target, um, you know, everything else just kind of fades away. And, sure. um, and it's so funny is that some people just don't understand that. Um, and it's so hard to explain sometimes. Uh, when you're just for, for, for like range day, you're just out there for fun. What, what's going through your mind when you go, when you step up to that line? Nothing. Like, honestly, Nothing. Um, you know, it, it sounds bad. Um, man, the last couple of years, um, this whole YouTube thing has gotten crazy, you know, and, and I'm not enormous, but it, even for like my size, it, it's, it's, it's busier than I ever thought it was going to be. And I still have a full-time job. So this is not my full-time thing, you know, um, so I, I work, you know, 50, 70 hours, whatever, at, at a real job. And then you still got to make time for this. So unfortunately, honestly, um, very rarely do I go to the range just for going to the range oh, and just yeah. getting tears pulled. And most, you know, 95% of the time that I go to the range is now it, it's to test guns and and, and yeah. all of that and and get some recording in and getting some b-roll shot and all of that stuff um but honestly when i when i when i do have a chance to go to the range and it's just the therapy range day yeah. you know um i try not to think about that that's why i'm there i don't want to think about anything yeah um you know i'll, I'll shoot that's- steel because i so, so i can know you know i don't want to sit there and, and shoot and then kind of look at the target yeah. and, and yeah. i care was, just, that was a that was an alpha. That was a Bravo. Yeah, you don't mean you just want to hear the steel ring. I want to yeah. hear the steel, and I know that I'm getting trigger time, and I'm hearing steel. I was like, okay, you know, I'm not one of those guys. Like, it's so funny because the, the competition side of me, you know, you have to worry about, you know, your your accuracy and your score. But my whole thing with with handguns is more of a, a concealed carry and, and self defense. I don't care if I hit him in his heart. My my entire idea of self-preservation and self-defense with that handgun is to eliminate that threat. And so what do I care if I hit him right here or if I hit him down here? If if I hit his torso, chances are I I, I eliminated the threat. I might not I'm, I'm not you know he might not die, which is okay. You know, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not there saying, but you're just, you just want, want that threat to, to stop me or my loved ones to be over. So, you know, like I said, as long as I hear that silhouette steel ringing, I don't care if it's hitting him in his forehead or in his liver or where, I don't care. 
boom, 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 boom. Okay, we're good. Now, so honestly, the, what I think about is I try to absolutely go dumb and not yeah. think because you can overthink. You can you can overthink your mechanics. You can overthink grip pressure. You can overthink this. You can overthink that. Is my finger in the right position? You know, is my breathing correct? All of this stuff. Yeah. You can overthink it. Man, I want to be able to pull my gun. I want to point it and I want to shoot it and know that if I have to use this in a defensive situation that at 20 yards, I'm going to be able to hit that steel. And that's it. You know, so I try not to think a whole lot. Yeah, it's I totally get that because I mean, if you think about it, it, it I like what you're saying because you can over, totally overthink uh, grip angle and and you know your, your your grip. Am I squeezing too much? Do I have too much trigger finger? Do I have not I have enough trigger finger? Uh, is my support hand squeezing harder? You can you can get totally lost in that and just not get what you need out of that range time. You know, I'm a lot like you. I don't get a lot of uh, of you know time at the range just for me. Yeah. Um, just because, I mean, there's always product that's got to be tested. There's videos to put out. Um, I had a kind of a dry spell this, the, um, you know, this this year with, with getting to the range. Yeah. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I finally got to the range for the first time, got some trigger time. Yeah. The last time before I, I the last time I shot before that was Tuesday at Shot Show at the BRG range. Oh yeah. Little indoor trailer at, at that little indoor trailer there, or that outdoor trailer. It was just like, how did how did I go four months without getting actual trigger time? No, I, it, it happens. Yeah. Uh, life, life takes over, man. Life life happens. You know, um, you know, I, I'm not blessed with being able to walk on my back porch and and have a, a home range or whatever. Uh, yeah. Now, I'm not saying that it's bad because my range is literally two minutes away. Like it's, I live on top of the mountain. The range is in the valley of the mountain. It's literally a two minute drive. I'm, I'm there, so I, I have it pretty good. Uh, but when you when you're talking about working seven days a week and you have all this going on and, and life and everything else, you know, you, you need to make time for yourself. Yeah. Um, but it's just one of those things where now you have this YouTube thing. And so all of those hours or all the time that you used to have that you would make time to go to the range just to get trigger time is now I work so much. Now, every time that I go to the range, I can't just have trigger time. I've got 17 products over here that I've got to get, you know, done. And so now there's a stress of that. So there's added stress. So now, you know, it's definitely not just the therapy shoot at this point when you're going to range. It's yeah. even stressing at the range it's, because it's, it's you've work. got to get work done. Yeah. Yeah. It's what when I was in FFL and I used to do um, a circuit work. Yeah. I used sure. to love, I used to love doing circuit because, you know, I used to buy, I used to buy these guns. You know, I'd go on gun broker and buy surplus guns that were just beat to hell. I'd fix them up, recode them, sell them back on circuit. And when I was, uh, when I was spray, you know, painting and baking and stuff like that, the whole world kind of went away. Kind of like when I was at the range and it was almost therapy for me to get away from my mm -hmm. full-time job. And then, um, I'm like, okay, well, let me start doing surcoat work for the business. Yeah. And I hate it. I, I absolutely hated doing surcoat work for them because 
I was very picky. You know, I'm very picky when I'm doing stuff for it. Cause I'm, you gave me a gun. It's gotta be coded. It's gotta be perfect. Right. And you know, there's sometimes, you know, I'm doing some of this stuff at like four o'clock in the morning before mm-hmm. my day job, trying to get a gun done. Now I'm rushing through it. Right. Sure. And I took something I loved and then turned it into a job. Yeah. And my wife, my wife finally came up to me. She goes, you got to stop doing circuit work. I'm like, why? She goes, because it's pissing me off because right. all you're doing is like, it, it, there was an AR I was doing. I, I recoded it three times and she's like, why the hell did you do it three times? You've done, you know, 20 or 30 ARs, you know, and they, per- they turned out perfect. I'm like, yeah, but I, you know, you get into your head. It gets into that hole. You get into your head, you lose track. So I still like doing circuit work, but now I just do it for myself. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I know what you mean. Find, everyone's got to find that, that balance and that, that one thing that you enjoy. I, I remember this is maybe, well, uh, I took basically February, March off of YouTube for the most part. I still do the podcasts and all of that. But, um, and I was very upfront with the companies that I, I had made some deals with that shot. And I was like, look, you can send them now, but I'm not doing anything until, you know, at least at minimum, like mid-March. I'm taking six weeks off to two months off. And I said, I need to, before I start hating this, I've got to, like, make sure that I don't burn out. And, 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 and then, you know, like, look, look, I get it. And I was like, look, I mean, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying that I, lo- I want to work with you and all that, but I'm just letting you know, like, if you're expecting this review, like, if it's time-sensitive, and it's got to get out by you know March first. I said, I'm not your guy this year. I I, I need yeah. time for me, and I I am not. I, I might go to the range, but I'm not going to be doing any recording. And I think I went to the range like two or three times in that you know pretty much March because February was so bloody cold. But I remember you know going to the range for the first time in a couple of years, literally to just go shoot. I didn't even pack cameras i turned my phone off uh so that i couldn't even think about really wanting to put it up on a tripod. i didn't take a tripod with me i didn't take any i I took about four guns and just shot just shot and 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 a couple of more new guns that i guess was excited about that but i i wasn't there to shoot them for a video I didn't even take a camera. You weren't there to be critical about the product. You were there to just just there to shoot, just shoot. And I had forgotten how fun, you know, I used to go years ago, you know, me and a couple of buddies, we'd go to the range and we would just have fun. We'd have our own little kind of top shot, you know, competitions and, and just competing and having fun, just hanging out and, you know, for three or four hours and just being awesome. And, you know, that stopped a couple of years ago with, with COVID and we never really kind of got back to that. And you forget how much you miss just going to the range and having fun and with your friends. And, you know, we'd all bring three or four guns and, uh, Oh man, I want to shoot that. Or, Oh, I, I haven't, I've, I've heard of that. I haven't seen it yet. Can I shoot? Yeah. We brought plenty of ammo for everybody. Like we would bring three or four guns. We bring like about a hundred rounds for each gun. So we bring in three or 400 rounds. This is back when ammo was, like nothing, you yeah. know, and it was just those times prior to, you know, the madness 
um, you 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 now look at back on that and you say, man, you know, things have changed. And, and, and yeah. I don't know, all of it is the madness, the cough cough's fault, but you know, things happen. And I was fortunate enough to, um. COVID for the YouTube channel was a good thing for me, you know. Yeah, it was you know? for me too. Yeah. So now you you get this this new audience that was at home for six months, and you start to grow, and you're like, okay, now when I go to the range, now I just need to start kicking out more, you know, content and content and content. And so very very slowly, you don't even think about it, but that that me time, that therapeutic range day, they they go no from once a week to yeah. once a month to once a year and yeah you know it's gone i know exactly what you're talking about with that because it's um yeah because right when you were taking a break i i took five weeks off this year i'm like i've got so much going on in my life right now i just need to take i need to take i need to step away right yeah um and then even now i have not gotten back to you know the podcast always continued every week i had a podcast um but even now that I'm back, now my videos are back to every other week because yeah. I still got a lot of things going on in my life. Sure. That, you know, I, I, I'm trying to do this and, and striking that balance, it's tough. It, it's tough balancing everything out. Right. No, it is. And, 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 and that's, that's the hardest part is especially with the, with the job and, and doing this just becomes regardless if we want to make it a job we try not to make this youtube thing a job but it is a second job if, if you care about it and you want to do it well um you know i i'm yeah. on podcasts two three four nights a week you know at home after working all day and and, and then you go to the range and you've got to get stuff done and it's it, it becomes a a second job for sure um it's a cool job. It's a fun job, but nonetheless, it becomes a job. So you need to prioritize everything. You've got to make sure that you're getting you time. And that's, that's, that's why I, I said it. for me, um, when I got home from shot, I could, I just knew like, okay, I need, I need to take a little break here. Yeah. Um, I love shot. The shot was fantastic. And, and I love seeing everybody and seeing all the new stuff. But I knew that what was getting ready to happen, I knew that there was going to be 17 to 25 new products coming in, and they all seemed to come in at the same time. And I knew that there was getting ready to be this mad dash to get all the stuff done. I was like, okay, before that mad dash happens, like I want to make sure that I'm mentally and physically ready, you know, to just go in unfortunately when you take six weeks or two months off those products don't go anywhere and they, and they keep coming and so now it's like oh yeah. you know so now you, pressure. Not, you get the pressure yeah. not from the companies but your your own internal no, it's 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 mental pressure that you're putting yeah. on yourself yeah um, it's an internal clock that you've got to get stuff done and and all of that so it's it's definitely I, a, a balancing job you know when I took this, when I took those five weeks off, I had planned on taking eight weeks off. Yeah. And then I cut it short because I'm sitting there going, I got this, I got to do, I got this, I got to do, I got this, I got to do. Uh, and, and it became, it became, instead of being therapeutic, it became stressful. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I got to get through this thing. And then I was like, well, I got to strike a balance somewhere. Um, let me, let me go back to doing videos every other week rather than every week. And, sure. 
what was weird is just getting back into the swing of things was tough. Um, you know, it's like, okay, let me, yeah, I haven't filmed in five weeks now. I know how to film, but the first video back is just like setting up the cameras took me a little bit longer. <laughs> right. It, the little things. Um, yeah, no, I get yeah. it. it. Yeah. You know, setting up the cameras a little bit longer. What? Oh crap. How did, Oh yeah. That, that's how I did this. Right. And, and then, um, yeah, it, 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 it so that's why it's like, I just got to moderate go, you know, I got, I got to moderate my time yeah. and going forward. Cause I got a bunch of things going on in my personal job, uh, personal life. I got things going in, in my day job. Um, and I've got, uh, other content things I'm, I'm working on, uh, on the backside. Yep. I just, I, I just, I was like, I'm gonna have to get set, set that cadence to every other week. You know, it, it was interesting because um, this year at shot was so much different for me um, because I, I had and, and and you stayed with us. So, um, yep. so focus for me this shot show was was different, and it was weird because I was in a position that I never thought I was going to be in. Is I was a position to transition what i did and how i did it a different direction um and it's been awesome but when you're transitioning priorities in content where you have an opportunity to get you know sponsors and, and actually make like actual money you know not just the youtube money but actually make like real money uh, because there are brands that want to work with you and associate with you that first of all it's a very weird thing to kind of convince yourself and, and, and understand that like these companies want to work with you but once you make that realization so now you're going to shot show at least for me and, and, and my priorities changed into business negotiations um, and I think that that's one of the reasons why maybe I did feel like burned out because that was so new to me that it was fun but it was nothing that I'd ever really done is having like legitimate business contract negotiations for like real checks and all of that. Um, and I think that that's where I wanted to make sure when I got home, I was like, okay, I need some time to really kind of figure out what's going on here. Is this something that I really want to do? Like, is this the path? Um, you know, I've been doing it six years and now it, it's, you're finally able to start kind of, actually getting a return on yeah. all this stuff and it's kind of a stressful thing in itself because now you've got these contractual obligations i wouldn't say obligations because they're it's be fun but now you're working with these brands and they're paying you to do things and and, and all of this stuff and, and you're making actual money on youtube by doing youtube stuff but there's a whole other set of stress levels now it's yeah. like holy cow! It's like it's it's crazy, you know. And all this stuff, people don't realize that if if you if you want if you take anything, I'm not. Let's not even talk YouTube. Whatever you're gonna be, if you if you take it seriously and you want to be great at it, you know, you're gonna put maximum effort. There's gonna be stress involved in that, even if it's only self-imposed stress, you know. Um, and that's I think that's what it was with me was not the stress of anything outside. It was the pressure that I was putting on myself to to perform at 
top-notch levels every time and make sure that everything I was putting out was, in my eyes, quality. Now, obviously, that's up to debate for the reviewers, but I wanted to do the best that I can do, and I wanted to make sure that I was giving value to the viewers. I wanted to make sure I was giving educational value to people that may find a video. You have all these criteria that you're trying to get done, and that's, that's like I said, that's self-imposed pressure and stress, but I think that that's where I was at was, I wanted to make sure everything was done right, and I knew that um, I needed a break from me, maybe. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I totally get you because I mean, going back to shot, you know, uh, going into shot the uh, the pot the podcast. I, I picked up my first sponsor for the podcast. Yeah, um, great sponsor has been really good to me. Um, so you know, now it's like okay, I got to put out a podcast every week because I've 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 made that promise, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, you know, money has, money has come, has, has exchanged hands. Yep. And now I got, you know, I have this, this contract to put out so many podcasts and stuff like that. Sure. Um, going into shot. Uh, I mean, you know, look at shot last year versus this year. I was in bed early just because I was, I, I at the end of the day, I was, I was burned out. I was mentally yeah. drained. I had enough time to maybe like talk to my wife for about a half hour yeah. and I was out. I just could, yeah. I could not handle anything else because everything else going on was just starting to pile up and yeah, it's, you get those mental stresses. Yeah. You, you, you get that. Um, and, and shots a long week to begin with. Let's just be honest. It's, 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 it's yeah. the, my favorite week of the year. Uh, it's amazing, but it, it is a very long, people people think, Oh, it's in Vegas. Y'all are just out there partying. It's like, work. It, it's, it's a it, lot of work. I mean, it's sometimes, sometimes we're talking like 18 hour days, you know, yeah. you know, we're up at six in the morning, uh, cause we got to be at the, at the media room by seven, you know, we got people to realize we go to the media room one, you little breakfast and all that, but you know, we see everybody and we're set up game plans like, hey, I need yeah. to talk to you because I saw a company yesterday that I think you you really need to go see. Right. And that's where we start doing the networking and all of that. Well, then so from like seven to six o'clock at night, which is people don't realize it's, it's that's a long day. Right. You're, you're walking. I think I averaged um, my little calculator on my, my phone and all that. Um I think I averaged twelve point seven miles a day. Yeah, a day I was, averaged. I think I was. I think I was at ten, somewhere around yeah. ten miles a day. A um, day. What's you know. What's so weird is that uh, when I go to shot, I actually lose weight at shot. Oh, <laughs> you know? yeah. I I come home lighter than I than when I left, and that's just a week, uh, and it's. Yeah. yeah, I don't eat breakfast in general. Um, now, I, I will eat a shot. I'll go and have, I don't know, those little chocolate croissant things they have every yeah. morning. I'll have a couple of those just to have some because I know that I'm going to need some energy. Uh, and and I, I I usually will skip lunch, honestly, because it's not because I'm trying not to eat. It's just it's busy. I, 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 it's busy you, and I, you I, have, you I have work. three days or really two and a half days at shot to talk to as many people as possible. Yeah. Cause they're yeah. all in one place. You know, you're, you're sitting there and you say, okay, I know that I have these 10 meetings that I have 
that I have to make. You know, these companies I'm already working with or these companies I'm getting ready to have negotiations with, these 10 to 12 to 15 companies, I have to fit them in a schedule. But then I also want to go see everything else. I want to see what's out there. And so you're just walking and, and you're just trying to find stuff. And and then, you know, you get done it, it shot and... Once again, we call them the after parties, but they're 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 networking, networking opportunities. Events. Yeah, and yes, they're they're at a club or they're at wherever, and 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 you go to these places because that's where everyone wants to be. They want to relax after a long day, but it's it's in essence it's, a networking. It's, still work. it's yeah. still work. Like I I've got a podcast uh, guest coming on in a couple of weeks. Um, it's been months of talking to, to find a, you know, find a schedule that worked for both of us. Sure. Um, talking to her was at, um, the Hofbrau house. That's where I met her. Yeah. Sure. Uh, G web, G web actually introduced me to her. Yeah. Um, and you know, those are, there is a lot of work going on at those things. And it's just, it, oh, yeah. it was so funny is, is your, you're like, okay, it's the end. It, it's the end of the day. I can relax a little bit. No, you're still on your A game. You have to be. I mean, you you have to be. You you know. And there there were nights that, I mean, I'm sure I woke you up. There were nights that I wouldn't get home till eleven or midnight. Um, yeah. you know, for different things. And then you know, you get home even if you get home at ten. Um, you know, but you've had like this crazy day, so you spend the next hour like unwind yeah. walking with you and mike and clover and and armenthia we're, we're all just trying to like debrief each other for what happened to the day and you're trying to like get ready to go and this thing you know it's midnight it's like okay we gotta wake up at six o'clock and do this all over again and i think that that's the thing that most people that their first year of shot just being at shot and the massiveness of it is overwhelming um but they don't understand that for that week you're talking about getting, if you're lucky five hours, four hours of sleep a day, if you're lucky. Um, and, and it's a, it's a very long grinding week, uh, especially if you're actually there trying to get work done. Now there are people that's true. There are, there are people that are there just to have fun and that's great. Uh, I'm having a blast, but I'm also getting a lot of work done. Um, but I, I think that that's the one thing that most people don't realize is the hours, um, the mental, the, the physical, the literal physical toll that shot puts on your body is crazy. You know? Yeah. It's, um, it, it, it's insane. Uh, it, it's so funny thinking back is, you know, so my first shot, you, you took the, it was Tuesday morning that you walked yeah. me through shot for my first shot, yeah. which was, was awesome. Cause you, that's time that you took away from your schedule, which of course compressed your schedule. Yeah. Um, but people but do it for me, you know. Yeah, um, and, my and that first, was, I had people that that helped me through Shot Show, and, and there's no way that I could navigate Shot Show without people that helped me my first year. And so, absolutely, like I want to make sure that, like last year was your 2022. Uh, was your first shot and it was like yeah come on let's go now i will say this you disappeared around lunchtime and i didn't see you again. <laughs> i was like okay he's good you know so uh that was pretty good i was like i yeah. turned at the at, we went up to the media room to get like a soda and, and maybe like a snack or something 
And I, I was talking with somebody and I turned around and you were gone. I was like, all right, he's good to go. <laughs> it, it was, it was funny. Cause I remember, I remember you taking me up to the main floor and you're like, it's so easy to get lost. It is. So standing here, you know, where is your exit? And it's like, we're so, take Smith and Wesson, make a line to Glock. And then just past Glock is that's the exit. So you right. start learning these navigate, how to navigate, which I looked at shot show at the floor plan for, ne for next year. Uh -huh. Shit, shit has moved around. Yes, it has. <laughs> yes, it has. And, and that's, that happens every year. Um, luckily, there's a few companies that are always going to be in the same spot. Yeah. And, and that's wonderful because you can sit there and so say, okay, if, if I come through this door into the main floor, then, you know, as long as I can see up here and see, let's just say Smith & Wesson or whatever, I can get to that exit. If I'm going to, if I need to leave through that door, then as long as I can see EAA, I can yeah. get to that door uh, and all of that stuff. And so you, that's really what you have. Because if you start trying to go by the numbering system that they have, you get lost. You're, you're lost. done. You're absolutely yeah. like, done. You will like, literally stand in the corner in the field position crying because you get lost. The, like the, down in the dungeon, it's yeah. like, you, when you're walking through an aisle, you're expecting you know odds to be on one side and evens to the other. Not necessarily. It work that way. The, <laughs> the curtain going down between the two booths on the two aisles, one side of that is the odd, one side, and it's like, yeah. why the hell would you ever number things this way, right? I mean, we're so used to driving down streets. This is yep. not how you would. This is not how you would navigate. But you have to learn these weird things, and then you're like, well, I'm here. I need to get to this booth, which is only like five numbers away and that's when you find out that like you got to go like down this like around the food court and around you know around this and then that's it's like where it is yeah that's right that's right it, it's tough. it's it's um, it, it is it's it's great um but, but that first year i would say the first couple years because you you got lucky last year in 2022 was your first year of shot because it wasn't your typical you had about half the attendance yeah. Uh, which was amazing for us that actually were there. Um, but you didn't see the, the massive shock and awe of, oh, my God. Yeah. And I remember we were talking Saturday night. You got there Sunday, didn't you? Sunday morning. Yeah. So yeah. we were talking Sunday night. Um, we were talking Sunday night before range day the next day. And we were, and I think you, you and Mike, just all of us were just sitting around. We, we got you know, this, this, this condo and we're just kind of hanging out. And I think you said like, you know, this is still possibly like my one at first, like 1.5 shot show, yeah. because it's been the first time that like, it's going to be back to normal uh, as far as all the companies being there. And we, we weren't sure how, what the, how many people were going to be there. Obviously it yeah. was back to normal, but on Saturday, on Sunday night, you know, we knew the companies were all back, but we weren't sure everyone come back and there they was did. Still a lot of unknown yeah and then they did <laughs> and yeah. so uh i remember like tuesday night is it tuesday night i don't remember tuesday that was the hofbrau house um uh, so i forget what event that was uh wednesday was guns.com I, I didn't i didn't go to the hofbrau thing did i was i there oh no i think 
was that the Marine? Were you at? Were you at with no, the Marines that night? Uh, Monday and Wednesday were the Marine parties. Um, and I were so I had something every night, well, but I don't remember where I was. Oh, no, you were there. You were there. You were there because Clover was getting new shoes. Wasn't Tuesday night that were the night he got the new shoes? Was it? I think so. What was the Hofbrau Maybe. house? Who who was hosting that one? I can't remember who was hosting that one. Um because guns.com was I, I got there late. Like I got there after you guys left because I was had I had the Marine Party Wednesday yeah. night and I didn't I didn't get to that one until like nine thirty. I think you guys had just left. Yeah, I think, Mike and I, I yeah, Mike and I had just left. Clover Clover yeah. and Amynthia were still there. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that's he was yeah. texting me and it's like I had to get I had to get I Ubered over from uh the Leatherneck Club and, and did all of that. But like when I got there he said that you had just, you guys had just left. Uh, I don't remember what I did Tuesday. I remember it was something Tuesday. Uh, it was so long ago. It's so, so long funny. Ago. Um, so when we left, so Mike, for everybody in the audience who we're talking about, Mike, it's a MK, what's the MK? Outdoor gear. Journal. You should be Outdoor budget. Journal. It's budget. It's budget. budget. Budget Guns and Gear. He's never going to live that, that, that name. No. no he'll but always be like, I remember we went through a, a drive-through, right? So he, he's like, "Man, I got to get a burger and some fries." So we went through a drive-through for him, and then um, I think like a month later, we're, I was driving in my, uh, you know, I was driving. My wife was sitting in the passenger seat, and she pulls a French fry at the door, and she's like, "What? The, where the hell did this come from?" I'm like, oh, "That was Mike." <laughs> yeah. She's like, you don't need that at drive-throughs. Where the hell did a French fry come from? That, that was budget. Yeah. During shot show, like a lot of these events um, will have food, but they're more like hors d'oeuvres and like stuff like yeah. that. So I mean, it does help. You're getting free, you know, something in your. But on the way home, you're usually stopping by something at fast food, and, and it's it is what it is. Um, yeah. I promise you, the calories that you eat during shot show you are burning 10 times over during the day walking yeah. so uh, it's all good well we've been rolling for uh, about an hour and 15 minutes now oh no, nice um, yeah it's it's funny we get when we get talking we're just kind of like yeah well i was talking to clover last week he's like what what we've been talking for an hour i, I thought we were just warming up yeah it's yeah, just it goes fast. It's weird. Yeah, it's it's very very weird when you have a good conversation for sure. Yeah. So, how can people reach you? I mean, we we're, we're we were doing so many different things with the podcast and, and and multiple channels now and and all that. The best way to be able to say, kind of see where we're where we are, what we're doing, is just going to the website. It's ghosttactical.us, um, and then from there you'll be able to kind of contact us. Navigate, uh, everything all, going on. navigate everything like i said you know before i could just say just go to youtube and search for ghost tactical and that's where you can find us but now like i said there's so many different things we've got so many different entities that we're doing um we you have, have three podcasts now right yeah i mean you have the you have the, the jarhead podcast four, i have four, four? podcasts now so, so yeah we are, i have the armed citizen podcast that's every tuesday that's night at seven that's central and that's that's the main one uh, then I have the Jarhead podcast, uh, which is more of the military style podcast. That's that's a monthly thing. 
Um, and then I started a, a car channel called Speed That's Limit right, yeah. 155. And I haven't done anything with that in, in a little while. It's been so busy. But we have a speed called the Speed Limit 155 podcast that we do. Uh, and then we have the new Ghost and Clover podcast that we do every Sunday. other Sundays. Uh, actually, this, this Sunday will be will be one this Sunday. Um, it's every other Sunday. We do every two weeks. And it's been a blast. I, I've loved it because it's not – what I love about that one and the Speed Limit 155 podcast is they're not gun-related. And yeah. sometimes it's, you know, people get to know you as this online personality through guns and they don't realize that that's just a part of my life or even a, a small fraction of my life. I enjoy yeah. cooking. I enjoy, I should say this, I enjoy learning and w- learning how to cook and I enjoy watching cooking stuff. Um, I'm not I good enough. You, to- you could- I don't know. You cook some pretty good damn steaks on. Uh, no, I can. I, 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 I can cook a steak. I, I will put my steaks up awesome. against anybody's. Uh, I, I do. I can cook steaks, but I'm trying to learn now. Like, I'd actually, be a cook. Like, I'm one of those guys that you give me a recipe, right? And I can follow that recipe and, and, and make some good stuff. But my wife is one of those people that can walk into the pantry, find like five different random things, and in 30 minutes she's making like a restaurant worthy dish. I want to do that, you know. Yeah. Um, and I'm not I'm not there yet. But so but but I have so many different things, you know, whether it's sports and all that and all these things that are involved in my life that are interests in my life instead of just guns. So, you know, when 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 Clover and I came up with the idea of the Ghost and Clover podcast, we wanted to do something that will there be guns yeah we'll talk guns every now and then and i mean and the sponsors of we have two sponsors with eaa and taurus that's that sponsor it obviously those are gun companies so guns are involved in it but you know very rarely do we talk guns as topics so what we've done is we both bring a topic a random topic and we have you know 15 minutes a piece to talk on our topic and then we don't tell each other what the topics are so one week i'll have the first first topic one week and then he'll have his topic and the next time we do it he'll bring the first topic and we don't tell each other what the topics are at all because we want that like if you and i are doing it, i want you the the first time that you heard about this topic is when the audience hears about the topic yeah so we want we want to do that and, and it's random sometimes we'll talk music we're talk cooking we'll talk sports we'll talk we'll talk guns we'll talk random just stuff you know and and then so we each have a segment that we do that and then the last segment is a random topic from the viewers the live viewers we record it live and so we do a random generator and we pick some random person that's in the audience live and whoever it chooses, they get to give us a topic for 15 minutes. And we now, obviously, we're not going to talk some things, yeah. but you know, stuff that's not going to get us kicked off YouTube. Um, it's free. It's fair game. And we've 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 been we've had some interesting topics. You know, um, it's yeah, been we, it's it's an absolute blast. It, it's funny because um, so everybody in the audience doesn't know this. Uh, there's actually another podcast that I'll be doing on. Uh, so we're recording this Wednesday. This will air on Sunday. Um, so that'll be. So if you're listening to this on Sunday, on Friday is going to be the first one of these. Um, a, a friend of mine 
who uh, just started up a, a second YouTube channel for outdoor stuff. We're doing, uh, you know, it's, uh, we're, we're doing like an outdoors uh, podcast. It's going to be live <laughs> on Fridays because it, it, both of us are gun guys, but he, you know, we, there's other things like I used to love sure. camping and he loves fishing and stuff like that. So we're just going to like start talking outdoor stuff. Are guns going to be involved? Sure. Guns are going to be in there, sure. but it's, it, it, we're, it's we're more than, we're more than our channels, right? Yeah, so, it's, it's not the point of the conversations is, you know, we all have we all have other things in our life. And I think that that's where we talked about early on. We talked about the burnout. You know, when you make everything about this one thing, you know, that's where you get burned out. It's OK to talk, you know, basketball or guitars or, you know, how to cook a good souffle. I mean, you know, just whatever it is, whatever you want to talk about. Uh, it's okay to do that, and 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 so yeah, I love I love the fact that everyone that is starting to kind of saying, hey, not only is it good for you to talk this stuff, but I think it's also great for the audience to see the different sides of you. They get to know you better. I didn't know he yeah. liked to cook, or I didn't know he liked this, or I didn't know he liked that. Oh, I do too, you know, and and stuff like that, or or I didn't know that he likes to cook. You know, I've always kind of wanted to learn how to cook. Huh. Yeah. Let's get in the kitchen. Let's learn how to make scrambled eggs, you know, or whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's awesome. It's awesome to, to see depth in the people that you see, that, yeah. that you're watching their content. Because, yeah, I just, I sometimes I just want to talk. I mean, you know, I get on other people's shows and it, it's, you know, we'll talk about whatever. And then it's, it's like, I don't mind talking guns, but it's like, I, I really, you know, I'm on your show to talk about something else. It's my chance to just kind of, if yeah. I had long hair, to let my hair down. Um, but if you it, had hair, just, if I had hair, yeah. See, yeah, that's that's why I wear a hat. It's it's uh it's it's not because I'm bald. It's because there's a light right here, and <laughs> it, it screws up the lawyers. white. It screws up the white balance, and yeah, it's 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 a nightmare. You know, uh, that's the, fantastic. The, the, the you know the you know the uh, was it the um, the pain is real? <laughs> um, I, I understand. So. I've got wanna... hair. It's just white now, and and um, like well, I, you know, I, I I I won't dye it because um, I don't care what color. As long as my hair is there, um, and, and if it, and if it doesn't, then I'll shave it. But like for me, it's just one of those things to where um, my dad had bright white hair my grandpa had bright white i knew like santa hair I knew, yeah i knew from age i was like six years old what my future was i want to have a lot of hair but it's going to be white and i don't mind I, that you know i was a direct opposite i when i was six years old i knew i was going to be bald yeah <laughs> i mean i remember coming off the football field in high school and i take my helmet off and there'd still there'd there'd be hair inside my helmet yeah, and you know, I remember my dad going, you know, they got Rogaine and all this stuff. I'm like, eh, granddad, great granddad, great granddad was bald. Granddad was bald. Uncle Bill's bald. You're bald. Guess yep. what's happening to me? It's just like, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm just gonna live it, right? I mean, I mean hey, I'm is... gonna have, I'm gonna have the long hair while I can, and when it, when I can't have it anymore, it's a, it's gonna be a number two on the, uh, on the, uh, on the Clippers there. Yeah, it, you know, it's one of those things where the quicker, 
uh, I'm going back to that thing about being, I'm a fairly confident guy. And um, like I said, some people will call it cocky. I probably hit a little bit, but I, I think part of that is knowing who you are, being comfortable with who you are um, and understanding who you are. And part of that is, is I'm five foot seven. There's nothing I can do about that. I was not born LeBron James. Uh, LeBron James was born, you know, yes, but like I was born five foot seven and I'm going to have white hair. That's just how it is. And the quicker that you just come to the realization of this is me, you know, then I can have a lot of fun. And yeah, you know me, I, I'm a pretty, I'm a, I'm a pretty, um, pretty much a smart ass and, and I like to enjoy life and I, I like to make sure uh, that people around me are having fun. That's just how I am. Um, and, and I like to make fun of myself. I'll be the first one to tell you that I get to repel out of my vehicle every single day. You know, you better own it. You know, you just, if you're <laughs> short, enjoy being short because there are certain things. Hey, you know what? You get rained on before I do every day. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, you think about you have the, the different personas over time. You had what twenty-two plinkster, or hipster, twenty-two, 22 hipster, twenty-two hipster, and then yeah. you had white white rhino. Right? White rhino. I mean, yeah. I mean, when when you come out with these new personas, it always cracks me the hell up. Right. I, I, um, you know, once again, it, it's it's about having fun and not taking yourself seriously, and and I, and I made a per, and I don't know if we, we probably talked about this at shot and, and all of that stuff, but. I remember last fall making an absolute like conscious decision of once again, I can feel that burnout coming. Um, and I wasn't sure back in October if it was me burnout. It ended up, you know, not being burnout. I just needed to take some time off in the, in the wintertime, but I can, I can feel like, okay, I got to do something or I know that this is, this is going to end if I don't change. Yeah. Cause I just almost didn't want to do it anymore. And I said, you know what? I, I try to every, especially re review videos, right? I, when I'm working with companies, I try to be as professional as I can because I want to, you know, I want to make sure that they are okay with the. No, I don't, I don't care if they like what I say because I'm going to be honest about what I say about the product. Yeah. But at least I, I can be professional about. It. I want everything to be as professional as I can, and and all of that. And then I started to like just say, why? Like, I'm going to be professional, but why can't I, even if I'm working with a company doing a, a T&E project for a company, like, why can't my personality come out? Why can't I be a, a smart ass and crack jokes and and do different personalities and all of that? That's who I am in real life. Like, why wouldn't I do that all the time? And so I made a really conscious effort last fall. I was like, from now on, I'm going to have fun. Like, I'm going to have fun doing this stuff. I'm going to utilize what I think is funny. Uh, and it may not be everyone's cup of tea, but I'm going to be kind of a smart ass. I'm going to I'm gonna have some fun. I'm going to make fun of myself. I'm going to make fun of other people and make fun of other companies. Uh, just like I would if you and I were talking on the phone, you know. Um, that I'm just going to let me be me. And it's been more fun. You know, yeah. it's been more fun. And, and ironically... 
you know, and it's great to have friends in the industry. The companies that I work with are now like, a lot of them are like my personal, like good friends. We talk on the phone almost every day. And so they know my true personality. And even they've, but as, as a company, you know, they've said, man, embraced it. Yeah. I really like what you're doing. I was like, really? Because I was worried that you guys wouldn't like the, the funny stuff or, yeah. you know, just having fun. He's like, no, man, that's you. Like, keep doing it. You know, and I was like, okay. So it's nice to kind of get that blessing from the, yeah. the the companies as well so that's fun yeah that's you see that and that's that's the greatest thing because it really that's what we want we don't want this to be another job and sometimes and sometimes it's a job and if at least we can at least lighten it up yeah it's it's not so much of a job yeah now, not as much so yeah. so we've been rolling 130 now Holy, um really I'm, yeah <laughs> so i'm gonna i'm gonna wrap up with a speed round which Oddly enough, the speed rounds usually add another 20 minutes to the podcast. Let's do um, it. So it's going to be four this or that questions and then one thinking question. You know, dude, I I, I eat crayons for lunch. Thinking is I not know. my strong suit. So. I know. I know. What I'm hoping is to see the smoke coming from the ears. Um, All right. All so, right. Um, and I did get you the the, the crayon Maybe. challenge coin maker, so we you you did. Have some new... <laughs> All right, I, I'm trying to get, so, get that loose here. All right, let's do this. All right, five five six or three oh eight. Five five six. Would Would you rather have a lever gun or a revolver? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I had to throw it in there. Lever. It was so funny is you're the one that brought up lever gun and revolver at the podcast, which you're right. I did, which is really bad. <laughs> and and what's funny is I had this question thought out like hours ago. And then you brought up lever gun and revolver and I'm like internally just laughing. I, yeah, I, uh, I, I gotta go lever for sure. I, I enjoy a fun little lever. I tell you what, um, I, I tell you what I want to end up doing is, I would love to get a nine millimeter lever or a three fifty seven lever. I think those would be yeah. fun as heck to shoot, man. Um, I'll, I I, I'll probably have either or both of those pretty soon. See, I would love to have like a, a nine millimeter or three fifty seven lever gun, but in yeah. takedown form. So that way, oh, I can yeah, break sure. it down, throw it into, throw it in a pack, and absolutely, and it'd be. I think that would just be a fun go because wherever you're at, then you just get this really cool little, you know, carbine lever yeah. action carbine. No, I, I definitely, I actually enjoy lever actions. Um, I know that sounds like very odd because you know me well. Um, that does not sound like something I would come out of my mouth. I I don't own, um, I own a couple, but like they're, I never shoot them. Um, yeah. But I enjoy a good lever action. Yeah, a lever just, action. Lever, lever, yeah. There's just something. It, it's just there's something about that classic rifle that's just like, yeah. Um, oh yeah, sure. So for hearing protection, yeah. Muffs, muffs, or plugs. 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 Absolutely, plugs. Yeah, uh, and, and ironically, I, I have. There's no telling how many sets of different electrical, electronical. Um, either muffs or plugs or whatever, like the axle stuff. I, I've got all this stuff. Got like a bin of stuff now. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. But my favorite, 
I don't know if can I, can I plug a company. It's yeah, not exactly go, go for it. Go plug for it. it. I don't work with them actually. It's just yeah. um, they're my favorite. Uh, they're called Decibels, and they are not electronic. They're they're they, the custom molds. They, they were giving them away at uh, at shot one at Rain State. Yeah, they're always yeah. there. Um, yeah, so the first time I ever had them was at Shot Show at Range Day back in like 2018, maybe 2019, somewhere in there. And you could pay ten dollars. They were going to give them to you for free. The the are the regular just plugs. You could spend ten dollars, and they would give you the custom molded ones that they put in hot water. You had to put yeah. in your ear and let them sit there for a couple minutes, and they were custom made to your ear. And ever since then. I have been using decibels and I've, I've gone through, you know, five or 10 sets of them. Um, and, you know, for 30 bucks, you get the custom molded plugs. That's they're my favorite. They're my favorite. They, you know, they're, they just, and I've got all these other ear, their hearing protection and I, I love like all it. of them. But if I had to choose one, like those are the ones I'm going with. And, and, you know, I'm looking over the shelf there. I'm looking at, cause I got like, uh, my axles are hanging off a peg there. I've got my Cobalt, you know, shadows, my shadow pros. Uh, there's a couple of them, but ones that I've been playing with lately, um, he, he was on the podcast a few months ago was ESP. And these are electric. These are custom molded electric, uh, electronic ones. Yeah. Um, expensive, very, very, um, very expensive. Oh. Um, these are like $2,500. Um, earplugs, but they are so amazing. Like I, I took them out just to, just to like, it, it was really windy. It was like 35 mile an hour sustained winds. I walked out and there was like no whistling or, you know, I'm awesome. like, yeah. wow, this is amazing. Uh, it better mm-hmm. be for 2,500 bucks, but this is um, true. And uh, yeah, those things, those things are amazing. Um, but it, yeah. it's so weird where you get into stuff that you, I would never, I would never try those things out, but the one time you try something and then it, it's weird how you get hooked on these other products. Yeah. And, and, and I love, I love, like I said, all these different stuff. I, I love them all, but if I could only have one set of, you know, hearing protection forever, I'm going to decibels because they're comfortable to me. They're lightweight. They, yeah. you know, they're, I don't need, um, I don't need electronic hearing pro, you know, uh, at least not at this point See, in my life, you know. So yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing for me. Uh, need it, you know. It's something you don't even know is that um, just in the past month, um, I started wearing hearing aids. I'm losing. I'm losing my hearing. So yeah. that's where the 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 electronic ear pro is really starting to help me out. Absolutely, because um, it, it's I I want to be able to hear what's going on around me. Have that situational awareness. And you know, sometimes for when I film, I'm shooting in the uh, the national forest here. Yeah. And everybody's shooting in the national forest, and it's just me, the cameras and stuff like that. I want to know what the hell's going on around me. Absolutely. You know, because there really is no firing line at that point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, that uh, for me, I had to start making that that transition over, and I'm hooked now. I'm hooked on that on, no, on, this, on the electronic stuff now. I get it, but no, I, I get it that because you know with those decibels, they're not expensive. You lose you lose a pair; it's not that bad, right? If I like 30, if I lose bucks or something like that, you know, yeah. If if I lose one of these ESPs, I'm gonna be crying. 
Uh, yeah, know? a little bit. Yeah. yeah I'm going to be crying with that. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's see here. Number four. Fourth question. Nine millimeter or 45? Nine. Hands down. Nine. Hands down, nine. I'm, I'm, I'm hands down. Uh, to me, that my favorite two calibers have been asked about. My favorite two calibers in the world are nine millimeter and five five six. There you go. Once again, let's go back to my origins of shooting. Yeah, I, I, I kind of, I kind of figured, but no, I didn't know if no. you were going to go old school marine with the with the 1911s. But no, I was, I was a the M9s, guy. But. I was the Breda guy. Now I'll tell you what I have really come to love the last three so years is a ten millimeter. What's, um, fun, what's funny is I almost asked you nine millimeter or ten millimeter. Ooh, that actually would have been tough, honestly. And you know what? I might have chosen ten millimeter on that one, and I never thought that would happen. I really have come to love the ten millimeter. Um, everything about it is just phenomenal. Um, on you know what, man. Are we talking about like just enjoying shooting it? Just enjoying shooting. Yeah. I would probably choose a 10 millimeter or the 9 millimeter now. And if you, and you know me, three years ago, four years ago, that would have never been. Well, it's like, um, yeah, when I had Chase on the podcast, probably wouldn't have been. When I had Chase on the podcast from EAA, uh, Range Day shooting the new 2311 from EAA in yeah. a 10 millimeter. Awesome. You didn't know that was a 10 millimeter. No. No, it, it, you mean, couldn't tell. Uh, you would you would thought that it was maybe a nine and a half millimeter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like a like a plus P. Yeah, a plus P or something like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, there were there were people that were coming to the booth there and were a little nervous about shooting the ten millimeter. Okay. Like, just shoot it, just shoot it, and like, they're like boom, boom, they're like oh, you know, yeah, absolutely. Because I got video um, from Range Day, so I, when I was playing with the 360 camera, um, I got range footage of me shooting that gun, and yeah. I could you could actually do double taps with it. <laughs> and it's just oh like, yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. This is amazing. Um, yeah, th there's no way this is a 10 millimeter. Yep. Yeah, and, it's really good. I I really I really um really have enjoyed getting to know the 10 millimeter more in the last three years and and that, that might be my favorite handgun caliber now yeah. which is really weird for me to say that's it's it's again it's those things of those journeys of what takes us to new products yeah. it's absolutely fun. absolutely so so for your thinking so here here comes the smoke for your thinking <sighs> question <laughs> He's ready. Right. You got you got the fire extinguisher. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So it is. It my is stress ball. Let me get my stress ball because this is stress ball. There you go. So it is. It is the Friday. It's Friday afternoon, last day of shot show. Okay. And I come up to you. Last shot go, show, or just in general. This last shot show. It's okay. Fr it's Friday afternoon. You're getting ready to go back back home. And I come up to you and go, Trey, you can have one of any gun in SHOT Show. It's yours. Walk out with it. <laughs> what do you choose? Uh, ammo? Are we good? 
You, you got to supply your own ammo. I'm giving you the gun. You got to supply your own ammo. No NFA? No NFA. You, it's it's yours. It, you're, you're, walking, you're walking out. It's going to be in a case, a locked case. It's going to go through the airline system, everything. Everything's approved. What, gu what gun do you walk away with? <laughs> Told you it was a thinking question. It's, it's, I, I've got two of them. I'm trying to decide on which one that I would want, and it's more of an ammo issue. Uh, well, okay. Let, let's go with um, let's go with you can have two. Which okay. two, which two are you choosing? Which two oh, are you walking out? The mini, the mini gun and the yeah. uh, two, the two forty Bravo. Um, I love go. the two forty Bravo, uh, and I love a mini gun. I'm just thinking the mini gun with ammo would just be stupid because I couldn't afford to run the mini gun. <laughs> uh, I couldn't afford to really run the the the, the Bravo either. Uh, but no, th those two. Um, you know, yeah. my my favorite gun ever is the MP5. Um, and it's so funny that I I love an MP5. Yeah, I love I love that, too. There's just there's the something MP5, about that roller delay is great. Oh, it's so good. But that didn't even didn't even come to mind. Like I could have if you said I could have walked with an MP5, but I went straight to minigun and 240 Bravo <laughs> for some reason. Um, because you know, why not? Um, well, yeah, I, I, that's okay. Well, because, uh, a couple, a couple of weeks ago in the podcast, I asked the question, you know, it wasn't shot. It was just any, you're in a warehouse where it shoots it, it literally one of everything that has ever shot a projectile. Sure. You can walk out, you can walk out with, right. Whether, whether it, it was, whether it was production or even just a prototype, but ever shot a product, a projectile, it was in this warehouse. You know what the guy walked out with? A, a Honestly, gal. really? He walked, out with a gal. he walked out with a gal because his his whole thought was, and what's funny, he was not the first person to say gal, which was even more surprising. So, like, goes, like movie guns count? Oh yeah, if it if it ever existed and it, it shot a projectile, one of the things is in this. Does it have to be like a laser projectile? It could be a laser projectile. I'm gonna go. I'm going Chewbacca's bowcaster. There you go. That's awesome. <laughs> I, had, I had um, I had somebody on one time that chose the um, uh, I, I I can't think of the game the the name of the gun, but it was in Aliens, the the machine gun from Aliens. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It, that's sweet. what he chose. Walking out, it was so funny because it, behind him on the wall was a was a poster for Aliens and Aliens. Oh yeah. 3. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> he was like. He was he was walking that's, out with one of those. That's a solid choice for sure. So, I think I had to go with a bowcaster though. To me, that's cool. the coolest, that was, the coolest thing ever is the the crossbow laser shooter. You know, yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, let's face it. If you run into one, if you run into a big hairy dude with a crossbow in a dark alley, you're you're you're, you're turning around. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that you're turning around and you're looking for the the nearest place that you can buy a, pair, a new pair of underwear and pants. Right? Yeah, you're just, okay. There's a seven foot hairy <laughs> thing with whatever that thing is. It looks like yeah. a, a bow, but a crossbow. But I know that's not a crossbow. I don't see any arrows on that. So yeah, you're yeah. turning around and walking away for so, sure. <laughs> well, 
Well, awesome, man. Thank you so much for joining me, man. I know, you know, this was one of the nights that you're coming off of work and coming right on so with us. So I appreciate you making yeah. some time to, to join me tonight. Always, my friend. I appreciate you having me on. Trey's an amazing guy. I mean, beyond the service he, he's done for the country, got some great content, man. Go check out Ghost Tactical's website. It's down below. Now, I'm not a tactical person. He is. Just because I'm not tactical doesn't mean I don't like the content. I really do love co tactical content, but I'm just not a tactical person. It's just not me. God damn, you think I could fuck that up anymore. Look, Trey is really a good friend of mine. And I don't throw a friend around very easily. When you hit that friend mark, it means a certain level of trust. And really, there's only one level above that. And only one person in the world holds that. And that's my wife. I trust him explicitly. Super nice guy. I'm not into tactical. You know, I'm not a tactical person. He is. Just because I'm not tactical doesn't mean I don't like the content. I do. I love tactical content. But I'm not going to be wearing plate carriers and stuff like that. So go check it out because his content's awesome. Link is down below. Now for the product of the podcast, it is this barrel vise right here by Short Action Customs. Super love this thing. This thing has been pulling barrels for a couple weeks for me. Amazing stuff. I mean, like really amazing stuff. And it's got these machine ba uh, bushings right here that you change out. It comes with several of them. And it comes with a mount that it's like an Arca rail that you can mount onto your bench. Go check it out, man. I got a link down below. Super nice. If you're into making rifles and doing barrel jobs, that's it. Um, there's one other that's above that. And quite frankly, I just couldn't afford it. Would have loved that one, but this one's pretty good. Not going to lie. A little bit on the expensive side. Super great quality. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, click right there. That's a video about the Saver shooting mat. If you're shooting prone, you're going to want a mat. This Saver mat folds up real nice, and it's pretty damn comfortable. Go check it out. I have a link down below for everybody that is not on YouTube. Thanks for listening. Hope you're staying safe out there, and I look forward to talking to you again soon.